following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, we were recently asked to uh, by a caller to the program to talk about the subject of Mormonism. He was very interested in that and uh, uh-huh. we covered that in a previous uh, episode of this program, and I would encourage people to go back and listen to that. Lots of information that we covered in that program about the people called Mormons. This is uh, a group that is uh, officially known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and yes. uh, many people don't know a lot about them, and, and mm-hmm. they would... Uh, they would know a little bit, maybe, and they know things they've heard, but it's it's good to get that from a source that uh, that I think is wonderful. How you laid those out in the in our keys for living on that uh, the topic uh, Mormonism, a different gospel, a different God, and you used sources from Mormonism and their their uh, their key books that they they would quote for, for, uh, from and that you quoted from to put this uh, the, this material together. I think that was well done. And uh, so I wanted to uh, pick up with that discussion a little bit from where we left off and to uh, talk about uh, what is it that as um, uh, the Mormons operate in, in society there, uh, what is the kind of image that they would like to project? Well, I think it uh, is basically positive, um, the wholesome, hardworking, uh, serious, sacrificial. Hmm. You know, the image of the people that are Mormons, I would say, in general, would be exemplary because they're known for personal discipline um, and uh, receive praise for that. They uh, Their advertising is first class. Their business presence is booming. Their humanitarian projects get headlines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their tithing commitment is commendable. Uh, Many churches would wish that uh, all their members would tithe as Mormons do. Uh, Their young missionaries, um, the men and women between the ages of 19 and 25, they sacrifice two years of their lives as missionary volunteers. And uh, they are clean-cut. Um, I, I think it's important to understand that um, uh, the growth of Mormonism uh, is, is strong, and they, these missionaries spread the Mormon gospel uh, around the world. Um, again, clean-cut young missionaries, and their zeal is appealing to many who are looking for truth. Now, where some have been concerned is um, a doctrine, and that is why we have counseling keys on on Mormonism, and I think uh, we we seek to answer the questions that I've been asked over the years, and and to be specific with with answers to be sure that we're understanding what is being uh, taught 
And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying that uh, in general, there is a, a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's um, an image that uh, many people have uh, at least this idea of, you know, those, those kind young men, usually it's young men who would knock on your door and want to talk to you a little bit about their faith. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the image that we see often uh, that uh, is portrayed in, in public and that the, I think the Mormons do a great job of, uh, of projecting that. Well, what, I've, I've received knocks on my door, so I understand that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what, um, what is it that uh, has attracted to people? Why? Because many people have been attracted to the to the faith of Mormonism or Latter Day Saints, mm-hmm. and so what has caused their uh, rapid growth? Well, I, I think it is heavily the image. I had a dear friend who had next door neighbors uh, who were Mormons, and she was in her older years, and um, they were very helpful. Uh, I think uh, there is a very positive view in that way. Um, And the concern that some people have had is, like, the differences. How how does a person receive full salvation in Mormonism compared to Christianity? And in Mormonism, the three requirements are essential. Obedience to the laws and ordinances— of the Mormon gospel, being baptized into an LDS church, Latter-day Saints church, and being married in a temple. Um, In biblical Christianity, however, salvation is gained by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ alone, which means receiving Him as your only Lord and Savior, giving Him control of your life. So to believe means rely upon, to trust in, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation than a system of works. And um, we see in the Bible uh, the question, Sirs, what mu- must I do to be saved? The answer of the apostles was, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So nothing else adds to salvation but it is literally relying on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches, and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. 
That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you have any questions about tonight's topic, or any number of topics, anything that might be going on in your life, just uh, talk to our customer support team. We have many, many topics, over 100, in fact, of our keys for living that will help you to address your situation. We're talking tonight about the topic of Mormonism. We have our keys for living on that topic called Mormonism, a different gospel, a different God. And uh, customer support would be happy to help you with that if you'd like to get that material in your hands. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help you access the resource here on Mormonism or any other that might be helpful to you. Also take a look at the website for all of our resources there. It's at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Well, June, as we're continuing our uh, second session, I guess, on the topic of Mormonism, as we uh, talked about it in a previous uh, a previous um, uh, program of Hope in the Night. And we did that, by the way. If people would like to go back and check that out, it was on July 13th of this year, 2023. And uh, they can go back in the archives there at hopefortheheart.org and find that program again on July 13th, find the first part of this discussion. But we're talking about uh, this topic because one of our listeners was asking about it and just wanted to know some of the distinctives about Mormonism as it relates to Christianity, and uh, he really wanted to know that. So as you were wanting to know about the uh, information here on Mormonism, or uh, really just about anything that would be called a cult, um, what were, how did you determine to go about studying that? Well, actually, uh, the first exposure I had, uh, I had done a program somewhere, I don't know, uh, and a man um, was on the board of Brigham Young University, and he uh, asked if I would do a program at uh, Brigham Young University, and I, it was a musical program that I did, and I remember thinking, I don't know anything about Mormons, and so I contacted an or, a major organization. I said, is there anything you have on this that could help me? And so on the plane, I was reading, literally going to Utah, to Salt Lake City, and I will say that I was very, very, very surprised <laughs> at the many of the things that uh, of, of their belief system, their their worldview, and um, then when later we started uh, a our ministry, hope for the heart, 
Uh, there were those who wanted me to do, we have something on just the cults, and then we have Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. But I did a lot of research to be accurate. I, want, I always believe we must be accurate and we must be respectful no matter what uh, when we communicate uh, different uh, worldviews that people have. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, so I think we've we've done, I, I say we, but really you wrote this, and uh, um, uh, I'm just helping present it today. But I think you've done a good job with uh, with presenting that information here in a respectful way, in a way that is um, uh, just l- really laying out the facts here. What what do mm-hmm. Mormons say about particular issues, and what do uh, what does historical Christianity say about it? So uh, go ahead. In that doctrinal test, well, though, there was an interesting way you came about that. Well, oh, okay. Uh, Every cult varies, and think of the word Mm V-A-R-I-E-S, varies from the cardinal doctrines of the faith, the Christian faith. And therefore, when I began to think, okay, what, uh, I knew much about the teaching and the belief system, but I thought, but what are the cardinal doctrines of Christianity? And um, I saw... The word that I mentioned, every cult varies, V-A-R-I-E-S, and these are the cardinal doctrines. V is the virgin birth. The A is the blood atonement uh, of Jesus dying for our sins. R is the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I is the incarnation. God becomes man. God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. Eschatology, that was a little bit of my stretch, it meant, <laughs> which means the study of future events. Um, and uh, they have sp- very important, significant uh, eschatological teachings on the future. And then the last is scripture, S, uh, meaning there's one, well, wh- what are the holy books or book? Uh, that that Christianity would present, which would be the Bible. And um, so th- those are the cardinal doctrines. And so then I looked at what were the teachings in uh, the Mormon faith. Okay, and so the first of that word varies is the V for virgin birth. And the Mormons claim that Jesus was not born of a virgin, but that Christ was the product of a physical sexual union between the Mormon God, Elohim, uh, who is a, resu- a resurrected man, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. not originally a God, but became that way. And then, and also Mary, their, their quotation from their work, it says that Jesus Christ was not begotten by the Holy Ghost. Right. Well, based on the Bible, Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit, and was born to a virgin. And this is found in Matthew 1, 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, meaning sexually, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Again, that's Matthew 1, 18. Mm -hmm. And so that would be a strong variance to say that um, uh, Jesus 
was not born of a virgin, but was a, a product of a physical union between the Mormon God, Elohim, and Mary, uh, that, that would be a major uh, difference. Yes. Now, the A in varies uh, reminds me, actually, of how many times the, the, that we use the same language with, uh, yes. with other faiths, other religions, say cults, that uh, they're just defining those words in a different way. So the word is atonement, and they say that Christ's agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, rather than his death on the cross, is the focus of atonement in Mormonism. Now, that atonement is that agony in Gethsemane and not what we would think of as atonement. I'll let you cover that in a minute. But uh, the, 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 that atonement is necessary for full salvation, but not sufficient. That uh, a Mormon's own good works have to be added to Christ's atonement to obtain full salvation. Well, they have, of course, different levels of heaven, and the way you progress would be uh, to your position in heaven would be determined by the works that are done, whether it's baptizing for the dead, uh, witnessing would be one, tithing. Um, And so what we read in the Bible is salvation is dependent on no one or nothing else but Christ himself. And this is found multiple places. uh, I'll, I'll read from Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And you could also look at, that's Acts 4.12, and you could uh, also read uh, Ephesians 2.8-10 and uh, John first chapter, verse 12. Hmm. Um, in fact, it's there in Ephesians. It says it's not by works, lest anyone should boast. Yes. All right. And then the R under varies is uh, the Mormon claim is that Jesus rose from the dead, has a physical body of flesh and bones. And uh, so, trick question: What's the difference? <laughs> There's no difference. <laughs> we are aligned on that. Yes. Yes. Jesus did rise from the dead, and has a physical body. Uh, and it certainly was physical. Uh, Jesus is different, though, in uh, who Jesus is. In fact, that that, that rem- reminds me. I remember going through uh, the very, very impressive, very well done um, uh, at, at in Salt Lake City. Um, and um, I remember thinking they're using the same words that we mm-hmm. use in Christianity, but I think, but they, but they would assign. I didn't detect it for quite a while, but I, what I learned when I flew into um, Utah, Salt Lake City, I, I now learned many of their beliefs, and they were not sharing those. But it dawned on me, if you didn't, if you didn't know a lot of these other beliefs of theirs, um, I think you could assume that we would be all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Just redefining a lot of terms that would make sense to us and, and uh, they're <laughs> meaning uh, something totally different from that. So uh, now this uh, idea of the incarnation, uh, their, uh-huh. their claim, uh, the Mormon claim would be that Jesus was not unique in his humanity or his deity. He was only one of many spirit sons of God, as was his uh, brother, his spirit brother, Lucifer. Yes. Um, what we read in the Bible is that God became man in the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Uh, and we see this in, in uh, John, the very first chapter, verse 14, the Word, and that's Jesus. It's referring to him as the Word. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And by the way, in the very first chapter of John, uh, it begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. He was with God in the beginning. So so what we, well, and this uh, basically... Uh, we could say we, we, we know about the Trinity, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So to understand that chapter in, um, of the Gospel of John, um, John was called uh, John the Beloved um, by Jesus. And uh, when he wrote his Gospel, he was very clear in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. Well, the Mormon claim under um, eschatology, the E of the word varies, is that hell is not a real place of unending punishment for anyone, that virtually everyone will eventually go to one of three heavenly levels, the celestial or the terrestrial or the telestial kingdom. What does historical uh, Christianity say? Well, um, there is an eternal hell that exists for the wicked. Jesus taught this. It's all, it's all throughout the Bible. Um, unbelievers whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, they are there. And according to Jesus, most people will not benefit from his atoning sacrifice and will not receive eternal life. Instead, they will go the way of destruction and the scriptures, if anyone's name is not found and written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that he accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as precious and beloved to him? So many of us have a distorted image of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night. And we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. 
That's junehunt.org. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to tonight's discussion in a moment. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They're happy to help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Our keys for living tonight we're talking about uh, called Mormonism, uh, a different gospel, a different God. And they can help you get that if that's uh, something you're interested in. As you hear tonight's discussion, we'd like to know more. And the number is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Now, if at some point you um, think, I would like to talk with June about this situation in my life, maybe it is a theological topic like we're discussing tonight on on, uh, Mormonism or some other faith that uh, you're interested in or or, uh, thinking about, uh, you have a particular experience with, you'd like to get some more information there and talk with her about that. Or maybe it's a relationship issue or anything else that we could uh, help you with. Let us know at 800 night 17 We'll talk to you about your questions and get you on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 17 800-644-4817. June, as we get back to our discussion tonight on Mormonism, you said that as you look at other faiths, other especially cults that that the the cults uh, that they um, what they believe in varies, spelled V A R I E S, and there's a that's a clever acrostic there for the key uh, points of our faith, the cardinal doctrines of Orthodox Christianity as it relates mm-hmm. to. Uh, in this case, we're talking about Mormonism, and we left off with the S. We did all the other letters, and uh, so we end with S, and that stands for Scripture. The Mormon claim is that the Holy Bible is insufficient revelation from God, uh, that three other revelations from God also exist. Those are probably most famously the Book of Mormon, also Mm -hmm. the Doctrine and Covenants, also the Pearl of Great Price. Well, if the Bible and the Book of Mormon differ on any topic, they say the Book of Mormon's teaching takes precedence. They say, and this is a quote, we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God. And what's Mm -hmm. the biblical correction for that? Well, we are warned not to add to the scripture. Uh, specifically, Revelation twenty-two eighteen says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Mm. And more importantly, uh, the Bible is 
God breathed. God breathed. And the sole authority on spiritual matters, that is traditional uh, Christian doctrine. And I'm going to give the scripture on that. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, referring to the Bible, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And I'll, I'll explain. When you see God-breathed, God-inspired human writers, human authors to communicate what he chose to have written down for our benefit. And so, yes, there are writers, but they were under the inspiration of God himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that verse, too, in Second Timothy. Um, and so, you know, when people know maybe a little bit about Mormonism— and they know about these, uh, some of the doctrines, and even, as we said before, some of the words are the same, but what they mean by those are different. Uh, people will say, well, Mormonism must be truthful because it was founded, they understand, on direct revelations from God. Uh, so what's the, what's the way to answer that? Well, let me give some background here. Mormonism does claim divine inspiration, God the Father and Jesus Christ allegedly appeared in a vision to Joseph Smith in the year 1820 and told him that all existing Christian churches were apostasy. They were in apostasy. They uh, uh, were false. And that he would be given uh, the truth for a new revelation of authentic Christianity. Then in 1823... Three years later, an angel allegedly appeared to Joseph Smith and told him the location of certain gold plates. And through Smith's uh, divinely assisted translation, the writings on these gold plates became the Book of Mormon. So Joseph Smith uh, also indicated that he that he had many more. Uh, uh, divine revelations in the years that followed. Though many people claim to receive revelations from God, this does not mean that they are God's revelations. Uh, in fact, the Apostle John warns us, and this is in 1 John 4, many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. This is all scripture. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. All of that is in 1 John chapter 4. And in this passage, the Apostle John gives two criteria for recognizing the spirit of God and the spirit of truth. It's whoever acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh 
and whoever listens to the apostles. Okay. All right. And so in, in uh, Orthodox Christianity, then, to distinguish between uh, the, the Mormon doctrine, then, who is Jesus? We will always say, um, and this is based, again, on Scripture, on um, Revelation 22, verse 13. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first, that means the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And I'm going to read this. I, and Jesus is speaking here, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, exactly as I had stated there. And it's important to understand how Jesus is presented that he was born of a virgin, uh, he was in heaven, born of a virgin, came to earth, and died on the cross. And his blood sacrifice literally was the sacrifice to pay for uh, our sin with his blood. And we are to believe in him as, as uh, the only begotten Son of God. Isaiah 44, 6 says this, This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Again, that's Isaiah 44, 6. Who is being referred to there? Well, this is something that if I'm speaking to someone of the Mormon faith, I ask that exact question. I'll say, who is being referred to? And uh, they will say, uh, Jehovah is the first and the last. Um, now, what you see here, it is Elohim uh, is the only God. When you see in the very first chapter of the Bible, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth, and that is Elohim. Hmm. And the I am on the end is a plural. And you see then that the Spirit of God moved upon the, the deep. The point is there you see the third person of the Trinity. But the point is um, we need to be very aware. Deuteronomy 4.39 says, Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. That's Deuteronomy 4, verse 39. The reason I'm emphasizing this is the males in Mormonism are told that if they become worthy Mormons in the highest level of heaven, they will become gods. Uh, all of them will be a god over a pl each one over a planet, uh, which could appeal to some males. Um, the women are to be perpetually pregnant, um, and some women I know do not like that idea. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, uh, we need to understand that Isaiah forty-four verse six: the only God in heaven and on earth is the answer. And so what you see is 
Jesus, you know, if you ask, well, who is the first and the last? It is Jesus Christ. And where did Jesus come from? Um, he was in heaven, on earth. And then I, I just want to mention one other scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, beginning in 35. You were shown these things so you might know that the Lord is God. Beside him there is no other. From heaven he made you hear his voice to discipline you. On earth he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words from out of the fire. So there is no other God based on Deuteronomy 4. And by the way, you see this phrase multiple times in the Old Testament. There is no other. Hmm. Yes. And so in uh, in if we were to continue looking at Orthodox Christianity or historic Christianity, you might say that, uh, so how long did Jesus Christ exist before coming in the flesh? We know the Christmas, you know, the Bethlehem story. How long did he exist before that? He always has been in existence. In Psalm 90, verse 2, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Right, and so that kind of uh, establishes something. People, someone might say, "Well, what's what's the what, you know what's the big deal then? What does it mean to acknowledge that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh?" Well, it means to agree that Elohim. Um, that's again, we don't see the, the Hebrew there. Uh, I am not a student of Hebrew, but it's imperative to understand that word Elohim. We see Jehovah God of the Old Testament. Uh, He came to earth in human form in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And that is clear in in, uh, the book of of Revelation. Uh, The beginning and the end, the only God in heaven and on earth the everlasting one. All right. And so what did the apostles teach about Jesus, those who had daily contact with him? (laughs) That Jesus is God and Savior. Uh, Multiple scriptures. Uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 1. To those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. He's God and Savior. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-917. 
That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They are truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE. That's uh, anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And they'd like to hear from you to understand what it is that you'd like some help with. Maybe it's a struggle you have in your life and you can get some of our information in your hands and help you with that to see what God's perspective would be on what you're dealing with in your life. And uh, so call them, talk to them about what resources might be helpful for you. Their number, again, 800-488-HOPE. And I want to recommend our keys for living on the topic of Mormonism called A Different Gospel, A Different God. And uh, you can get that through uh, calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. You also may email them at customersupport at hopefortheheart.org. That's customersupport at hopefortheheart.org. Dot org. Ask your questions of them regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. That, again, is customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Let's uh, continue our discussion here, June. We're talking about the, the topic of Mormonism, and uh, really this uh, was sparked by a caller asking about some of the differences, and uh, he was interested or at least wanted to know more about the topic of Mormonism. And we're laying out tonight some of the differences in historic Christianity and what Mormonism would say about these key points of doctrine, just a very important um, things that we as we see in the Bible that are, that uh-huh. are crucial, foundational to our faith. And uh, so what does Mormonism teach about Jesus? Well, they definitely have Jesus uh, in, the, in their doctrine. Uh, they say Jehovah is the first and the last. Uh, Jesus is neither the first nor the last God, uh, nor the one and only God for this world. Um, he's a separate God from uh, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, I'll say the Holy... The, it, it, basically, they say he has no right to say that he is uh, Elohim. Hmm. Uh, Jesus, they would say, Jesus has not always been God, but was once spirit matter incorporated into a spirit body uh through the proclamation process engaged by God the Father and one of his wives, uh, 
he meaning uh, he was procreated. He became um, physical, physically on earth uh, to form the spirit. They talk about spirit babies, that they're these spirit babies mm-hmm. that uh, God the Father and one of his wives has, and uh, that he finally progressed to Godhead. Now, um, that is a major uh, conflict to um, to what we know in in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, Mormonism teaches that Jesus' redemptive work on the cross uh, and his shedding of his blood and and personal righteousness of the Mormon gods in embryo, uh, both Christ's work on their own um, are essential prerequisites to receiving full salvation, uh, Godhood. Quite unlike this, the Jesus of biblical Christianity says individuals apart from their own works uh, are or keeping the law, uh, they literally yield, they can yield their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, there is salvation there. And there is no um, mention of them becoming gods. Uh, In Romans 4, we read, Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but an obligation, however, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked. That means there is he's declared righteous. That's what justifies means. His faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. So the whole point of that is, it is not based on works at all. Uh, clearly, there are great differences between the Mormon Jesus and the Jesus of the Bible. Mormonism presents an unbiblical doctrine or doctrines uh, about Christ. Uh, and unfortunately, it is not merely additional or, or, and, and unbiblical. Uh, it, it would be anti-biblical uh, anti-Christian contrary information that cannot be reconciled with the Bible's teaching on Christ. Very specifically, let me make this clear. Mm-hmm. The biblical Jesus is this. He was uniquely born of a virgin, Matthew 1, 18 and 20. He was uniquely God. We see that in John 1, 18. And he was uniquely sinless literally sinless, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 and Hebrews 4.15. So by the sacrifices of uh, that he, he sacrificed his perfect life and his death on the cross alone, Jesus atoned for the sins of the people that would humble their hearts, those who received him by faith and are born of God, and those things would not be true of the Mormon Jesus. All right. Well, that uh, we, we were 
comparing then those those uh, doctrines and those ideas of the Mormon faith and of uh, historic Christianity. And so one of the other things that is uh, that makes a strong argument as you look at other faith systems is is that uh, they even will often conflict within themselves. In other words, what's written in one place in, in one of their documents will be contradicted, uh, just completely opposite understanding in another place. And, and so we find those in the Book of Mormon. And uh, so what are some of the, the things uh, in Mormonism's own writings that have contradictions within them? Well, so let me mention one that's poignant. Um, in their teaching, uh, they would say, as man now is, God once was. And as God now is, man can become. That's uh, amazing um, <laughs> to, to say those words. Well, um, in the Mormon teaching, uh, what that is saying is God developed from being a man on another world, and, and human beings can become gods and goddesses. So... Uh, the problem with that is, in the Book of Mormon, you can read these words. I know that God is neither a changeable being, but he is a changeable, he's unchangeable from all eternity to all eternity. That's in the Book of Mormon, Moroni 8.18. And likewise, it's true with the Bible, before the mountains brought forth, um, before the mountains were brought forth, or thou had, hast formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And I'm intentionally using the King James Version because that's what they choose to do. Mm -hmm. So my point is, uh, that's very uh, specific. It, it That counters, that's in conflict, what I read in Moroni 8.18 is a counter uh, counter to what their teaching is. All right. Um, so the, there's one Mormon teaching that says that there are many gods. In fact, that that um, mm -hmm. many who who are now can become gods. And so what, mm -hmm. what's the uh, the way that the Book of Mormon and other Mormon sources would would look at that? Well, the Bible says there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. That's it. Now, interesting, if you look at the Book of Mormon, um, Nephi uh, eleven twenty-seven. After this manner shall ye baptize in my name, for behold, verily I say to you, that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are one, and I am the Father, and the Father in me, and the Father and I are one. There is not, um, there is not, therefore, where God is, um, you know, th this would be where we would agree, but then they come back and, and have the other teachings that are con concerning um, or I could even say disconcerting in a way, um, with other things that they present. All right. There's a Mormon teaching that 
says God changes, must always progress or else begin regression, potentially even to the point of ceasing to be God, that God could could unbecome God. Um, that's my word. But that <laughs> uh, contradicting uh, Mormon apostle Orson Pratt, uh, who is the president of the Brigham Young University, taught this, and this is a quotation, that uh, he says uh, that uh, in theory that Brother Pratt, they say, has bounded the capacity of God. According to the, his theory, God can progress no further in knowledge and power. But the God that I serve, the, the writer says, is progressing eternally. Well, um, if you look at the Book of Mormon, um, that's interesting. Um, in, um, it's Mormon chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. We do not read that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and in him there is no variableness, uh, neither shadow or, or of changing. And now, if you have uh, imagined upon, uh, up onto yourself a God who does vary and in whom there is shadow of changing, then you have imagined up to yourselves a God who is not a God of miracles. But behold, I will show you uh, a God of, of miracles, even the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It is He is the same who created the heavens and the earth and all the things in them. Okay, so he's saying they, that God doesn't change. Well, the Bible also says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from God above, is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, God does not change. And so uh, the Book of Mormon, in this case, would agree with what the Bible says, but that's a conflict in their writings. Likewise, uh, they would teach that God the Father has a physical body as an essential part of his being. And yet, if you look at the Book of Mormon, the book Alma 22, 9, and 11, um, that would be counter there, just as the Bible says God is spirit and that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. It's John 4, 24. So these are doctrinal differences, and I think it's important to be able to know about them, to be able to talk about them uh, and study to help people know the truth which sets us free. We do have resources on this topic called Mormonism, a different gospel, a different God. And if you'd like to give to support this ministry, that uh, getting out this material and uh, even to keep this kind of program on the air in your area, you may uh, give to us at hopefortheheart.org slash hope, And we thank you. You may order this resource for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you 
Hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.